0: If you can find those moments of, like, self-assuredness or empowerment or clarity of, like, yeah, okay, if that's what you expect our relationship to look like, then I guess it does need to look different. I guess the repercussions of this, while not fun or easy, are maybe where we need to go. That's amazing. Hey, welcome back. We're not for everyone. I'm Jess, and that's Baby Teeth Winkler. And let me tell you why that is your new nickname, according to my boyfriend Ryan. Oh no! The other day, he was like, "How's Baby Teeth?" and I was like, "What?" what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. Who are you referring to? That has like, I I thought he had literal baby teeth, like small teeth. (laughs) A friend with a small smile or something. I love the (laughs) attitude of hard launching a nickname with
1: no context and like no.
0: The thing that's even funnier about it with him is that he's one of those people that like, he's always told me that he gets weird about nicknames because he used to get nicknames when he was a kid that like he didn't feel a part of. You know, like. Unless you're a part of the nickname forming process, it could be like kind of teasing or bullying or whatever. Well, newsflash, I haven't been a part of fucking baby teeth. Well, yeah, I was like, I think you just broke your own rule. Um, It had to do with what you posted on Instagram this week about how you were going to the dentist (laughs) and then found out that you had like child's dental insurance and then felt and then found out you had no dental insurance. So he just decided... That makes you baby teeth.
1: <laughs> baby teeth. <laughs> That's great. Oh, yeah. I had a hard time at the dentist this week. Hard time <laughs> with insurance. It was so ridiculous. And then just, like, whatever. Obviously, everybody knows insurance sucks and sucks more and more every day. We don't have to talk about that. But at first, when you said baby teeth, um, I... There was like a small uproar on my channel relative to my channel, a.k.a. like it didn't matter at all and nobody cares. <laughs> but, <clears> but to you, um, it was But to me, it was a big deal. When one, uh, I posted a vlog one time and was just like showing random things in my home and I was about to do an integration like for a sponsor. About I was about to do like a sponsorship ad and I was sitting in my bedroom and I picked up this little tiny um venetian painted box tiny little box like one inch by one inch box yeah and i like shook it at the camera and it rattled
0: <clears throat> i just like rattled
1: at the camera and i was like guess what's in here baby teeth. and i opened it up and it is an entire mouthful of my baby teeth mouthful Mouthful. I saved all of them, and then I just went directly into the sponsorship, <laughs> uh, and people were like, wait,
0: "Wait, wait, wait!" Ritual vitamins are great for your dental health.
1: <laughs> that was exactly that was exactly what the sponsor was. No stop. <laughs> that's a that's a box full of teeth. That's like a full mouth. That's a full child's mouth. Now I can't bring myself to throw them all away. Like, what do I do with them? Can't donate them, right? I would feel weird throwing them away now. So that's a box full of my teeth and today's video is made possible by ritual <laughs> because rituals really chill and I'm, um, and i knew they would just let me do whatever some some brands do ask me they're like please don't act
0: like yourself but um, oh rituals God. very chill <laughs> so the baby teeth nickname has multiple like it totally fits, basically it fits maybe he's a watcher of your youtube and he just has never told me
1: a secret watcher. I would yeah. love that. <laughs>
0: Ryan. Ryan and I have still never spoken, which is what's so crazy. Oh, my God. You haven't. I feel like one time no. he like chimed in on a voice note that I was leaving you. And that oh, was all we've given maybe. you. You've heard recordings yeah, yeah. of his voice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just echoes of the past.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's early in the morning. It's early in the morning. And Jess and
0: I are both. Piss Sports girls We're sports girls, sports Let's, tell girls. Let's tell them why Let's You're tell them why You're wearing a college sweatshirt I'm wearing a Raven sweatshirt Because we're sports girls We were gonna record <laughs> yesterday And that really We were gonna record Friday And then I had a crazy day at work And I was like Yo baby doll Can we record Saturday Yes no problem Turns out on Saturday Caroline's like I have to go watch sports
1: <laughs> I I I cannot be The longer I try to Be on top of my schedule The harder I try to be on Scott top of it, the worse it's getting. I booked, I, I had a, a brunch or a dinner or something with our editor producer, Abby Newhouse this week. And I went and I booked the reservation. This is a problem I have where I just like get the week wrong. I get the year wrong for <laughs> weddings I'm supposed to attend. I get the day wrong, get the time wrong. I show up to the airport a day after my flight. And I went and I booked this reservation and then I was looking at it later. It was supposed to be a Sunday brunch And I was looking at it I was like oh that's Monday Okay I booked it for Monday Okay 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 good thing I caught it Good thing I caught it I went back I rebooked it I was like we're making this for Sunday We're making this for Sunday Booked it a second time Sunday rolls around Abby texts me She says hey this is for Monday We might need to rebook this I went back a second time to fix it Just specifically to fix that And I still got it on the wrong day
0: Oh my god Oh my god. I don't know what it is. Your poor brain.
1: I don't know what it is. You're trying your best. I'm trying so hard and it's not a joke. It's not a silly joke. It is silly. I know you're trying really hard. I'm genuinely trying and I I did the same thing yesterday. (laughs) I messed up my schedule and I had to cancel our recording.
0: But it was because you were going to a pregame and you being Yeah, for a sports team not a sports girl. You were like, Oh pregame, like if the game's at seven, we start at like five. But that is yeah. not how it works in the world of sports, my doll I'm about to, we're doing this in the morning Because I have to go get to the Ravens Bar in Chicago at 11am To that save a table that Because I have to get my 10 people group a table For the 2 o'clock God. game Otherwise we will have to stand
1: And you're the designated person to get the table
0: I volunteered myself with Kai and one of our other friends, Corey Um Because we were like, whatever, we'll go and like get lunch and play cards Like play a game and pass the time at the bar until it happens. But yeah, it's a whole day affair just to watch a game. Just to watch Taylor Swift be in Baltimore, you know?
1: (gasps) Oh (laughs) and the game is what time?
0: It's at two. It's at two. Okay. 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 I thought you
1: were going to say it was got like
0: six PM. No 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 no. It's an afternoon thing. Yeah. Also it's kind of nice central time, like games are earlier here. They're not actually earlier it's always it's like happening at the same time you know how time zones work it's happening yeah, at the I'm same my, time
1: you knew i've heard about time zones before <laughs> you you haven't like skipped ahead in the
0: time continuum but yeah. like for example the super bowl i grew up on the east coast i always knew that the super bowl was a 6 30 start time but in chicago it's a 5 30 start time meaning if you go to a super bowl party you get done at like 9 30 or 10 instead of 10 30 or 11 and everything is better for you. I'm ahead of the curve. I'm
1: losing my mind at at uh, where, how, where, and how and why you've stored this information
0: in your brain. I like football. I am a sports girl. I like. I didn't know the that. NFL. Yeah, I I'm a big. I'm wearing a Ravens sweatshirt. I'm a big Ravens fan. Big Ravens. I think it started. <laughs> yeah, I think it started in college <laughs> because we grew up in the DC area. At the time, the team was called the Redskins. Now it's called the Commanders. And Terrible name. Terrible name, terrible. And I'm team. not saying we
1: should. I'm not saying we should have <laughs> kept. Yeah, terrible team. I'm not saying we should have kept Redskins. But in the intermediate, they called the team the Washington Football Team. It as a placeholder, and that was fucking dope. I liked it. Why didn't we stick it was definitely better than the Commander. The Washington Football Team. That is so cool. That's kind of in the line of like the really good podcast or something. Yes. You know, like it totally that's a fun is. Name.
0: I totally agree. Washington. I still call them Washington. I just decide. I call yeah. every other team by their name and I call Washington, Washington.
1: Well, I try not to refer to right <laughs> football.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we grew up with that team and they were never very good. And my parents are also not from America. So like my dad watches football, but it's not That's like- even more big, surprising. Yeah. yeah, it's not like a big part of our family culture. They didn't go to like state schools in the US where they had football teams and whatever. And then I went to Hopkins, also didn't have- an impressive football team but the ravens were popping off at the time in baltimore and my best friend kai Mm. is a huge ravens fan she's from baltimore so i just Mm. became part of the flock as we call it yeah and my senior year of college the ravens won the super bowl and (gasps) we went running through the streets of baltimore it's a cinderella story yeah and beyonce (laughs) performed at that super bowl (gasps) So it was like for me.
1: It's a Cinderella story. It
0: was for you. She heard that you were graduating. She did. She, she wanted to send me off. So oh, anyway, no. yeah. So this team kind of like holds a special place in my heart. That sounds great. No additions. No complaints. But back to the scheduling issues you've been having. I feel like, yeah, it's really out of control. I don't know if I have the exact same problem, but I think that there's overlap with the problem that I have which is I've just been over scheduling myself way too much and like pretty much every day things will take longer than I think they're gonna take and then I have to push recording the podcast push dinner with a friend push like whatever I had planned because I'm like working late or not even only because of work just everything takes longer like doing promo for the podcast in my head I'm always like oh I'll just do it in an hour and it'll be done no way dog and it takes me like 3 hours yeah and I still haven't learned that and so I am in this perpetual in January I've been in this perpetual state of like shifting blocks on my calendar to the next day and the next day oh. and the next day whether it's just something for me or something with other people and it's driving me crazy
1: yeah cuz if if you're doing that that also means you're not getting any
0: Like, sanity time. Not very much. Well, yesterday I bailed on something to have sanity time.
1: Love it. Obsessed with it. Oh, the best feeling. Actually, no, the best feeling is when you're doing your best to uphold the obligation but then whoever you're meeting bails on you and they're like oh my god i'm so sorry and i'm always like i'm always a little withholding i'm like oh that's okay
0: i'm the opposite <laughs> oh, you owe me you owe I'm me i'm like <laughs> i get a bail on you now. i'm like don't apologize i usually go really extreme i know and i'm like, kidding I'm like, don't joking. ever apologize to me for having to Bail yeah. on plans like I didn't even want to see you, and that's kind of the angle. I that didn't want to see. You.
1: <laughs> Super defensive. I hate you. Uh, yeah, I don't actually do that, but I am always so delighted. I don't ever want to let on how delighted I am. That's fair. But I'm
0: always delighted. I'm always. It's delighted. a gift. So I guess that's what I've been gifting people this week. I keep pushing things. Maybe they're actually happy, but I feel so much guilt. I think it's also because like I was in a depressive slump a couple weeks ago and then I was like okay let me get some plans on the calendar to look forward to but I've been working so much that that I haven't been able to like uphold those plans and then I get back into the self-hatred of like now I'm just working and I'm bailing on my friends you know I can laugh about it I'm like not in the slump I was where I can look at it and think it's funny but that's the cycle of adulthood I think
1: yeah I really agree I get very stressed out if I look at my schedule. I just looked at my schedule for the coming week, and I saw I have one evening with nothing planned, and that that push, that makes me not happy. Mm -hmm. That means I'm going to be stressed Mm -hmm. out this week. I feel like having like maybe three events after work in a week is
0: the ideal balance for me. I think mine is like two. I mean, it depends on what but you're you, doing so yeah, much. It depends on what you consider an event. But uh, anything, anything that's not me in the okay. dark, like alone. Like Justin coming over to hang out. Is that does that count? Probably not.
1: Um, no, that that counts as like he because he's like my right. home. So that, that don't that don't feel like nothing. That feels like nothing to me. But um, no, it's it doesn't feel the same as like a social obligation. Honestly, yeah,
0: because if you include. Yeah. So aside from that sort of thing. Yeah, I think it's two things a week for me. But it probably is because I have two jobs, basically. I think that's the reason. And Abby's taking her little time off right now, which I love for her. But I'm, like, desperate for her to come back because um, it's just, like, an additional few hours a week for us that we don't usually have on our plates. Yeah. I think I'm doing too much. <laughs> what do you think you should re- uh, realistically cut back on
1: or could realistically cut back on?
0: I freelance for a friend of mine but like it is so little it's like two hours a month and I look forward to it that stuff adds up I know but the thing is I look forward to it because I go to her like design studio in my neighborhood and like it's a cute space and I we chat about like marketing stuff and I like help her ideate on some things she's working on for her business and so like I kind of like it but it is an extra thing that I I do have to think more about and I, but does I it? did kind of tell her that. But does it energize you? Does it energize you? Because that is that is yeah. different. If
1: you're like, it's two out, hour- it's t- only two hours a month, but I fucking dread it, and I'm spending weeks of the month dreading it. Yeah, no. that's worth cutting out. That's worth cutting out because that's going to drain everything else you do. But if it's two hours a month and it's not super necessary and it's not a social thing and it's not a direct work thing, but it it delights you and it lifts you up. Yeah, then I say worth
0: keeping. You know, I agree it does do that I actually think and it's like really hard for me to say this I think the thing that is like I'm dreading lately is my stand-up class that I'm taking and like that was supposed to be the thing that was like really fun in the winter months like something to look forward to get out of the house hang out with new people do comedy and I am just dreading it I always feel behind because I don't have time to like really write jokes before the class and then we get to class and we have to perform a couple minutes of material, just like workshop it for everybody. And I'm like, I always feel behind. I always feel not good enough because I don't have the time to like think about it outside of class really. And um, yeah, I've been dreading it. I think that's a really like rife opportunity to compound
1: the negativity because you're like, "Um, not only do I not have time for this, But it's the thing I really wanted to have time for. And now I'm hating myself extra for not doing this the way that I'd wanted to. At least that's that's how I I think that's when it compounds. Exactly.
0: You sent me something on Instagram that was like a clip from a different podcast, I think. And it was um, these two women. And I wish I could reference who they were. But talking about how like you can change change your mind basically oh it was a designer it was a designer I worked for in Ohio
1: oh okay yeah yeah yeah. and she had a corporate career maybe in marketing it sounded very similar to you she had a really robust corporate career she was really good at it she hated every single day she has like a family four children she started her own interior design business on the side built it in tandem to her corporate job, would run to clients' meetings on her lunch break, worked it up for years, and then eventually strategized how she could get out of her corporate career. Oh yeah. And went full-time into design. I did some, like, remote... I was, like... I did some projects for her as, like, her remote designer for remote projects for a cool. little while. And she's amazing, but mostly I just loved... She was really
0: articulate about, like, doing that transition. Yeah. Reinventing yourself. Totally. Which, like, I talk about to and I'm in the process of trying to do and so I have an appreciation for the fact that like you don't have to stay the same thing that you were you don't you know like you can always reinvent you can always change and pivot so I totally am on board with that but I think I've been applying it like I've been really thinking about that clip and I've been applying it to my stand-up thing more than anything because mm. actually like mm. my day job while i The long vision is like to get out of it And be able to do this stuff full time I'm not I don't dread it really most of the time Like I'm good at it Um, It's a lot of work So I think that part is hard Like I've gained more responsibility So I have to spend more and more time on it And that's frustrating me lately But the work itself is like very natural to me And it's not actually hard work It's just a lot of it and I like the people, and like, I don't know, that satisfies a part of my brain because I've been a corporate person for a long time. And then, like, this obviously satisfies a big, like, fulfillment need for me. The stand up thing I thought was going to satisfy another, like, gap because in the past, when I've done stand up, I've loved it and felt like this is, like, the best feeling ever. And I just don't know if I feel that way anymore. And it's, like, really hard to grapple with mm-hmm. because. It used to be like that Mm -hmm. shiny thing on a pedestal. And now I'm just kind of like, I don't know, like, I think I'm funnier doing this or this comes more naturally to me. And so I'm able to be funnier, just be myself. And if it's funny, great. And so I think that's, but I don't know, but it's been this thing that I like idealize. And so to decide that I'm not really going to try doing it anymore or that it doesn't hold like value to me and how I view myself anymore is like harder than it has been in the past with like corporate career or whatever because it's this shiny distant like prize I've always thought of it that way you know
1: totally I think that's a bit how I felt about acting and one of the many 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 reasons that it felt really hard for me to walk away from acting because in some way it's well it's quitting and it's maybe it's quitting stand-up because you have other goals you're not enjoying it like it's (laughs) not what you're focused on like really good reasons to quit it but it's still really hard I think to quit something that was once your goal I think it's really easy to um make it mean all these negative things about well what does it mean about me well is it a failure well what will other people think well other people knew I wanted to do Mm -hmm. that thing or like I talked a lot about it or I put all that time into it what does it mean if I like now pivot but I really so it's it was like such a hard decision for me but I think the bigger pitfall is sticking with something just because sticking with something just because you once decided you wanted it like, if you still want it and it's really hard, then that's a great thing to stick with. If you don't even want it anymore. I know. I think it's so important to be like, what is it? Is it an ego blow that makes it hard to step away? Is it like a thing about self-doubt? Is it that you don't trust yourself? Is it that you don't trust what other people will think? hmm I don't know what the
0: answer is for you, but I get it. Yeah. It, it, yeah. That's the first time I've like said it out loud but i've been having these I thoughts you know so i do need to yeah. like process it more and get to the root and like what that is for me what the hang up is i guess yeah but i think it's a lot of the things you described and totally yeah and it's that's that's a really weird thing to let go of for me i don't know why it's like yeah
1: it's it's not something your parents wanted you to yeah do. yeah it's not something your friends expected of you it's something you chose And then literally no one else was doing it,
0: cared for me to do it. No one
1: cares. (laughs) But you tied some of your purpose and some of your identity Mm -hmm. to it. And that's like the hardest thing to step away from then. I think anything that's tied into identity Mm -hmm. gets really hard, which is why I love a lot of, I don't know. I really connect with a lot of philosophies from Zen Buddhism like one giant aspect of that is this notion that there is no self. You know, when people, we all do this, I do this, say, um, well, I'm a funny person. I'm ambitious. I am will do anything for my family. I'm a, a corporate achiever. Uh, I'm anxious. Any of these, like, are reasonable sentences, we might all say, but they're all like fixing your identity to a thing, fixing your identity to your anxiety, fixing your identity to your career, fixing your identity to a characteristic like ambition that maybe you have ambition in some areas. And maybe there's other areas where it's like really important for you not to have ambition, but like, we're all so much more complicated than any one of these static fixed identities. It's like, I have anxiety and anxiety shows up in certain areas or I can be very ambitious about XYZ and it doesn't have to affect everything or like sometimes I sacrifice a lot for my family and sometimes I make really important decisions to step away. Um, But I think as soon as you like untangle the identity part of those characteristics, then you you like you give yourself
0: so many more options as a person does that make sense totally and it's like I logically agree with that and then I just think about in practice like how many times do I say when I'm down or stressed or whatever like I don't feel like myself and Ryan's actually really good at reminding me like you are yourself this is a part of you you know like yeah you can look many different ways and I'm always like yeah but you know what I mean (laughs) and it's like not the part of myself that shines and is more fun not the part of myself that is my favorite part of myself or not the part of myself that like when I meet a new person I would lead with or yeah that I it's, it's kind of ego centric and it's kind of about get uh, you know other feels people good. liking you but yeah it also feels, part good. feels good feels totally. good right that kind of feels like a segue to our conversation at the end of last episode because I've been thinking Yo. a lot about it and I know you've been Yo. thinking a lot about it yeah okay what's the quote peace is letting people be wrong about you
1: yeah, so last episode, and I always want to give a little recap because we've realized that people listen to the episodes out of order. Yeah. So this is, if the recap's ever redundant to you, I apologize. I kiss you on the lips. Um, but to everybody else, in our previous episode, we we kind of capped it off. I saw, I can't take credit for this wisdom at all. It was just an Instagram reel that hit me in the chest where this guy wa- uh, shared one little nugget of wisdom, which is that peace is letting people be wrong about you. I just knew the way it hit me. And based on like DMs and comments we read from our listeners, like I know how much this could hit in the chest. And it did. And it did, yeah. And we wanted to kind of continue. Do you want to share your
0: ruminations or do you want me to elaborate based on what I, what well, I take from that? I think the main part that I want to, talk about more and I don't have a conclusion about this but I kind of want to like pose it pose the question to you and have a conversation about it is what I started to bring up at the end of the episode of like okay I agree like that makes a lot of sense to me peace is letting people be wrong about you like I can imagine how peaceful that must feel (laughs) I understand and agree with a lot of philosophy around like you know, separating your value from what other people think and the fact that there is no self and all of these ideas, like, yes. And also when I think about like putting it into practice and like breaking that down and then applying it to my life, I'm like, but that doesn't feel true because like you alluded to, like, well, it matters sometimes because your boss pays you and you need to make a living to exist in this world. And So that kind of matters. And then you start going through different parts of your life and thinking, well, it does matter because it's how I um, survive, whether it's like financially or socially surviving, you know, feeling loved and accepted and connection is like such a big part of the human existence. So it's like I agree. And also it feels so impossible because of the way that we've like constructed our society, maybe, yeah, and that's the thing I've just been like thinking about and trying to make sense of over the week, but I haven't, I've not gotten anywhere. I have more questions yeah. than answers, basically. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, you're right. All right, I got things to say. Mm-hmm. I do think I think we got to talk about this with specific examples, and I have a few. But first of all, I will say I think work-wise, professional-wise, is so completely different. I think it's still, I think the phrase still applies, but like in a different way, but the biggest clarification to me this this idea references like not just someone who's wrong about you but someone who's committed to being wrong about Mm. you somebody who is committed to clinging to a narrative about you that you're like that is not who I am that is not how I am what and like you know when somebody's just wrong about you could be your sister could be your friend could be your boyfriend could be your employer like of course you go and try to correct it like yeah, you should. You should try to correct it. Of course, that's what everyone's going to do. That's what I do. And oftentimes, like, it just takes a conversation. It just takes communicating. That's what communicating is, is basically like, yeah. you talk about communication in a relationship. It's like, we've both, without meaning to, written narratives about what we think is happening, or what we think the other's doing, or how we think they're operating. And then we have to communicate to try and, like, show them, actually, no, this is who I am. Yeah, makes sense. You do that everywhere. But sometimes... You will encounter a friend, a co-worker, sometimes it's your partner who is committed to a, a different narrative about you. And no matter how much you try so hard, work so hard to show them who you are, um, they are committed to being wrong about you I was in a relationship I can give a million examples one I was in a relationship where um, my partner was committed to the idea that I wanted to be with other people that I didn't want to be with him that I was going to cheat on him or I was always looking elsewhere years 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 of commitment to this person the deepest kinds of commitment and nothing could change this narrative ultimately that narrative always came back somehow and, and I'll say this Like when someone's committed To being wrong about you You will suffer major consequences The peace part Like it doesn't mean That you won't suffer consequences Like when someone's committed To being wrong about you it probably means you can't have an intimate relationship with them, mm-hmm. whether it's a friend or family or boyfriend. If an employer is committed to being wrong about you, it probably means you're not getting promoted or you can't stay working there. If a friend is committed to being wrong about you, it probably means your relationship is gonna dwindle. But in addition, on the other hand, when someone's committed to being wrong about you and you'd work really, really, really hard to know when to try to correct them, you suffer consequences for that too. Both of them come with consequences. And when someone's committed to being wrong about you and you work so hard to try to correct them in like this futile uh, Sisyphean effort where the rock always keeps rolling down the hill and you can never make progress and you just expend energy and you're spending all this time like working on a problem that won't change when you could be like nourishing relationships with people who see you love you want to learn about you want to learn how they're wrong about you want to understand you better you're you waste time in the one place and you lose time in these other healthy places like both mean you we we have a listener what to
0: do that i think is a good example sure do and do this sure okay cool that made a lot more sense by the way already yeah I like that you framed it around like this applies mostly to the people who are committed to being wrong about you because that was the question I had in my head Oh, totally but human existence is getting to know each other and learning and and improving and yeah you know like fitting ourselves together or not and so it's mostly like in those places where it's just not working and they're still not getting you and like yeah. It's better to let that go rather than keep forcing it. Basically, like that's something I really believe. I think it ties in. So anyway, yeah, yeah, that helps.
1: And I think, I think, like when we say it on paper, everyone would be like, "Yeah, totally." <laughs> yeah. But it's like the hardest thing. I'm, yeah. I'm saying it right now. Like I confidently live this. No, I fucking don't. Like I can intellectualize it, but it's. I really struggle with this. That's why it hit me so hard because I was like, "This is how I'm fucking up," mm-hmm. you know. But. Yeah, okay, let's do an example Because somebody yeah. wrote in with a what to do That I, I felt like, oh, this actually applies Okay, let me find this Hold on Somebody DM'd us, what-a-do My former boss from a job I left six months ago Won't stop inviting me for drinks She is a very nice person But I am honestly still recovering from how toxic that job was In parentheses, it was a nonprofit with no boundaries and pay that didn't cover basic needs. And no matter how many times I politely decline, the invites keep coming. Help. You guys always have the best advice. Okay, I don't know about the last part, but we'll try.
0: <laughs>
1: so my thoughts on this is like, okay, we don't know the exact dynamics of the relationship with her ex-boss who like, it's kind of complicated because like either, either I'm um, you guys are really really tight i would say either you're super tight doesn't sound like it but either you're super tight and in that case there's usually space to say something honest about like i need a little space for xyz reason i would love to meet up name a month (laughs) later (laughs) on there's room for that in the in the more intimate relationships you can communicate and say hard things that are true it's uncomfortable but there's space for it or This is someone that you only feel tempted to meet up with them because you need to stay on their good side for career reasons. Very possible. In that case, I think the rules are very different. You do things all the time. You go to networking events all the time. You go to job interviews all the time. That's like, it's not for fun. It's because you're going to do it for your career and you weigh the pros and cons and you decide if it's worth it. That's not a social event. That's not, you're not doing it to be nice to her. You're doing it for professional reasons. I think that's separate. What it sounds like this is, it sounds like you're not tempted for professional reasons, really. It sounds like you're. she's not a BFF. It sounds like she's just, like, a nice person. And what if you, like, kind of say no to her? I think if this was me, I would be like, well, I don't want her to think I'm a bitch. Mm-hmm. I don't want her to think I'm not nice. And... And it's not a close enough relationship that I would be able to explain to her why I need space from this toxic job. She might not even understand that it was toxic to me. She was the boss. Maybe she was running the toxicity by accident. Like it doesn't feel like there's space for me to explain why I need this space. But I also really don't want her to have this wrong narrative about me. Sounds Mm. like she's a nice person. She's not a malevolent person. She's not trying to get you wrong. But I think for so many people, that would be the fear is like, well, what if they think I'm X, Y, Z? Other than that, Mm -hmm. no consequences. Other than that, there's no consequences to getting out of it. You can put it off. You can stop responding to texts if someone's really not getting the fucking message. The good news about turning down someone who is not getting the fucking message is that they don't get the fucking message. They apparently don't read social cues, so you're less likely to actually offend them. Like if they don't take so true. If they if they can't receive a reasonable social
0: cue, they're oblivious.
1: They're oblivious. So it doesn't fucking matter at that point. Like if there are no real consequences You don't have to stay in touch for networking reasons She's not your sister-in-law She's not actually a best friend Like what, I- what is the actual risk To like You've tried to politely turn it down You've tried politely many times And then maybe eventually she's given you no op- No option but to kind of blow her off So what What are the consequences Maybe that she'll think something negative of you
0: Yeah Okay Yeah So what does that look like? Are you saying write a more direct message? And like, what would that actually say? How would you write that? I don't don't know that I would. Or just like stop answering completely? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know if it's someone that you have this kind of like medium. Personally, like realistically, no. Yeah. I don't think in like this like medium acquaintance level, you were my boss. It's weird. You don't seem to fucking get the dynamic no i don't think i would give them a really brutally honest direct text that doesn't seem realistically what most people do i think if i politely turned it down a bunch of times and this person keeps texting it's okay to just not respond to the text yeah yeah or like it and it doesn't have to be that you never ever ever respond to a text maybe like this this person sounds like they'll text you like three times in a row maybe the third time if you're feeling bad you can be like oh i can't make it this time how are you doing you can like right. you can still treat there is a middle ground where you can like talk to them a little every once in a while I think in my head I'm always like either I have to respond every time or I can never respond it's like with people who are oblivious with texting you could just respond sometimes mm-hmm. and that's kind of what they need like when you give them a response every single time they just keep doing it mm-hmm. I don't know
0: yeah that's that's exactly what I would do
1: you know, kick it down the road a few months and maybe you will feel different in a few months or in a few months, it'll kind of fade away. I I don't know if that's the world's most enlightened advice, but I do think that's the realistic advice Mm -hmm. that has worked for me.
0: Yeah, 100%. I think kicking it down the road, I try not to do that less and less. I try to do that less and less, (laughs) not to do it more and more. Because, okay, I think that this person's advice is hit or miss, but I was... Watching something that tinks the influencer, I knew it was going to be
1: tinks. I knew it
0: (laughs) on Instagram or something a while ago. Like this was maybe a year ago, but it stuck with me. And I don't think I fully agree, but I apply it when necessary. Where she was basically like, "If you get invited to something or somebody asks you to do something, and it doesn't feel exciting, like you wouldn't want to go that night, then it's a no. Like even if it's, but that's a no for me." But that's a no for me every single day of my life then.
1: <laughs> Even with my best friend. I'm I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Okay. That's I just not how I disagree. I feel,
0: I feel well oh, okay. I I disagree with I think I disagree with it. I don't think it's meant to be taken too literally. But okay. or at least I don't take it too literally, but the thing that it makes me that it reminds me to check myself on is like if I kick the can on this, do I really still want to do I really want to go 2 months from now like I think I'm kicking the can because I never want to go, not because in two months I actually will want to. And so I think that's really how I translate it is like being honest with myself about, am I just kicking the can to like appease this person basically and not burn a bridge, but like really I'm not going to (sighs) want to go. And in that case, like I'd rather not kick the can. I'd rather either be direct or just like do the ghosting thing depending on what the relationship is yeah versus like setting future Jess up for having to do this again in three months you know what I mean (laughs) having to navigate it again and again and again so
1: what what I'm thinking I do think that's a good thing to check in with you're right I see what you get from that and I agree I think that the adjustment for me is that like it is also okay to sometimes do things that you don't aren't that aren't just like a hundred percent indulgent For yeah. you like yeah, true. I have Like there are plenty of relationships I Upkeep not because it Fucking fuels me necessarily but I do Care about that person and Maybe I don't want to see them every week or Every month but like I do Feel something for Them and there is a little Bit of like emotional obligation Um for whatever reason there are A million different versions of this but Like <sighs> you know, my ex violin teacher, she's elderly. She has dementia. It's not pleasant. It's, it's, it's just, I sit there and I absorb a monologue, Mm -hmm. but like, she's a sweet person. I care about her. It would feel worse to drop it all together. And like, that's a little more extreme, obviously, because she's kind of older and has dementia, but there's also other versions of that, you know, a friend who like, they're a good person, but they're not going to be a best friend. And I do I've been working on finding space for these kind of in between relationships I have tenderness for them they haven't done anything wrong I do enjoy it if I see them once every like three four months Mm -hmm. and if they're open to that then I will uphold it to me it has helped to like sometimes sometimes for those things it helps to kick it down the road but it also but I also probably do it too much and could also be more direct Mm. I think you're right.
0: Yeah I think like a lot of this whole conversation Comes down to like the clarity Or lack of clarity that you have About that relationship Like if you're Not really sure yet where They fall in your Prioritization of them In your enjoyment of them in your Wanting to dedicate time and energy to them In like whether you need them A little bit because of career stuff maybe Whether you want them because you actually enjoy Them as a person like if you aren't really sure where they fall yet, it's a lot harder to determine like, should I say yes to this? Should I kick it down the road? Should I never see that person again? Versus if it's clearer, like your violin, your old violin teacher, it's like you're clear on it. And so it's easy in that case to kick the can because like you just know that's what I do with my violin teacher. But yeah, I guess there's other relationships where you're like I don't I've been in this forever like I think that's yeah. what I'm reacting to is I have yes. some oh yeah like remote friendships kind of like friend of friend of friend who reach out repeatedly to hang out one-on-one and it's the type of person where like if I see you at a party I'm going to be happy to chat and say hi and catch up but I don't really need to give one-on-one time to you like I have a lot of people that I give one-on-one time to ahead of That's you. That's reality. Yeah. And I'm kind of confused why you don't really know that about our relationship yeah. by this point. But you keep reaching mm-hmm. out and I keep kicking the can. And at some point I have to look at myself in the mirror and be like, Jessica, you keep kicking the can and you never want to like open the can. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. just um, just stop responding or just be direct or whatever it is for that relationship I I get a lot of stress from continually kicking the can in those types of situations yeah
1: no I agree that's a tough one when somebody is being I guess they're being oblivious and I think it I think like I feel mean saying it but it is a reality that like you know in a romantic relationship it can't be just one person wants to date the other you both have to want to date the other and it is actually the fucking same in friendships you have to both want to be friends and, um, it feels, I don't know, it makes me feel like a terrible person to not be interested in something cause I don't have time for it, but it is fucking reality for everybody. Yeah. And, uh, that is a frustrating situation. I mean, I can empathize with it cause you know, I've been the lonely person. I've been the fr- person who needs a friend desperately, but I also feel like I, I took the hint when people weren't available. Right. So I, I do agree with that. I'm going right. to say, I think, I think the third version that's extremely complicated the third example, probably, is when, like, I think someone commented on our Instagram video of this. Like, well, what if the person who's wrong committed to being wrong about you is, like, your mom? Mm-hmm. What if it's your sister? What if it's your best friend? What if it's your boyfriend? And that happens all the time. I'm dealing yeah. with that right now. Um, someone I'm extremely, extremely close to is very committed to having... This narrative about me that I am like not seeing them because I'm spending all my time with my new boyfriend Mm because I'm just obsessed with my new boyfriend and that's why I'm not seeing them and blah 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 blah. Which is a very upsetting narrative to me because I spend a lot of conscious time and effort making sure I'm keeping up with all my friends, all my family. I'm a 32-year-old woman and at least once a week I'm having a dinner date or uh, something with my parents like every single week, seeing my siblings, checking in on them, seeing my friends. Um, So it's a very upsetting narrative to me. Very upsetting and very inaccurate and feels very unfair and I have multiple times directly spoken to them, written an email, put it in written form, had a phone call, talked in person, saying, hey, I'm seeing all the people. The only person I'm not seeing is you because you seem unavailable, because when I see you, every time you seem really angry, mm. every time you seem, I'm, I've asked you what's going on and it's super hurtful. I can't understand where this like mean edge is coming from. I'm seeing all the people do we need to talk about this? What's going on with you? Like this is deteriorating our relationship. I've had the direct conversations and it's not getting me anywhere. And no matter what I do, this narrative persists. And I don't know why. For some reason, it helps them feel better Mm -hmm. about something they're going through. For some reason, it helps them... Justify their own feelings or their own actions or their own anger. I don't fucking know. I've tried to ask and I can't get fucking through. And it means that this person I'm very close to and love so much, it means we have a lot less of a relationship now. There are serious consequences. If it was my mom, you know, a parent who, you know, thinks you're fucking up your life by pursuing a career they don't want, they are committed to being wrong about you. Like, that might mean you don't get to talk to them about a huge part of your life then. Yep. I'm not saying, like, it, it's all peaceful and the relationship stays the same. Like, they have done things to to, to yep. drastically alter the relationship. Yeah, there are real consequences. And I could fucking kill myself bending over backwards trying to constantly correct this thing that is they think is wrong about me.
0: Yep. Yeah, I mean this hits really close to home for me because I've definitely dealt with this with family and my parents specifically. And I think the realization I had this realization once in therapy, and to be clear, I still um don't adhere a hundred percent of the time to the realization and to like the path that this realization would have put me on like i'm i'm bouncing back and forth all the time because it's really confusing when it's apparent totally. but i did have the realization at one point of like i was kind of disagreeing with my mom about something big and really it's something that's related to my life she thinks she knows what's best for me okay i disagree tried to talk it out tried to see eye to eye it's just like not going anywhere she's committed to being wrong about me and I was committed for a long time to correcting her Mm. and she would even kind of suggest things like you know this is going to change our relationship if you don't want to kind of do the thing that I would prefer you to do and I was talking to my therapist about that and I had a moment of clarity where I was like maybe our relationship should change like if the relationship that she wants with me is one where I just like blindly do what she thinks I should do, that's not the relationship I want with her. Maybe it should wow. change. So wow. that was kind of a threat, and it I turned it into a like, yeah, okay, you're right. Yeah. Um, and I think that still is hard. Like, and I'm still not doing it all the time and not sticking to that all the time. But if you can find those moments of like self-assuredness or empowerment or clarity of like yeah okay if that's what you expect our relationship to look like then I guess it does need to look different I guess the repercussions of this while not fun or easy are maybe where we need to go um, that's amazing that's that's a game changer mentally and I think the, uh, the other thing that goes along with that that I've been working on with my therapist is like okay how do you actually put that into practice you could mm-hmm. keep going in circles with this person. You could keep debating them and having the conversations and saying, you know, how are you feeling? This is how I'm feeling. This is why you're misunderstanding me. No, it's not that. It's this blah, 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 Sending the emails, having the phone calls, having the arguments, whatever. Or you could just stop playing. And like something that I'm really trying to do and it's really fucking hard is to just stop playing like, yeah, okay. You're committed to this narrative about me. I've tried to talk to you in a way that feels like loving and appropriate and respectful. You're not getting it. You want to keep doing this and I don't want to anymore. I've accepted that maybe our relationship needs to look a little bit different. I don't know if you've accepted that yet, but like, what's the next step? It's me just stopping, like not stopping the relationship. But stopping the pattern that it's been in, stopping mm-hmm. the debate about these topics, stopping what it looked like then and moving towards what it will look like now. And, yeah, it's not it's not fun or pretty or easy, but it is like the change that I think will end up either putting you in a more peaceful place or maybe even influencing the other person, if it is somebody who you still want to have a close relationship with, to see, like, oh, okay, this is what it's going to be now. I have to maybe show up a little bit differently. So, yeah, for what it's worth. Dude. That's the. Enormous. That's the <laughs> the kibosh or whatever. Yeah. Yes,
1: that's the example because that's about as intimate as it can get. And that's like yeah. as severe as the consequences can get, you know, one of those closest relationships in your life that you love and you want to keep. And it's really like, it, it actually ends up being, I think, what you're describing the way I relate to it is like an enabling dynamic. Mm-hmm. It's like a broken system and you're trying to achieve this ideal end goal through a system that's broken and yes. you keep playing by the rules of the broken system. And the only way to maybe make something different it, it might not be ideal, might not be a fucking Cinderella story, but the only way to get a different result is to like step out of the system and that there'll probably be huge friction. There probably won't be talking. It'll probably be extremely uncomfortable. And that's why you kept staying in the system because like, yeah, in the immediate, it's a little more comfortable to do the enabling dynamic where, okay, I'll change my whole career. Or I'll change my whole belief system or I'll change my whole relationship uh, or I'll change where I live or who I marry to suit you so that things could be okay. If someone's really treating you that way, there's going to be like a next thing. There's going to yeah. be a next yes. thing with them too. Yes. So yes. it's enabling so that they never have to stop. They never have to consider it. And it doesn't, you know, stepping out of the system doesn't mean that they'll change. It, it definitely doesn't. But that's where you get like a little more peace for yourself. And also I would guess there's grief like something dies yes yes correct I'm not saying it's like immediate enlightenment like there's literal grief the death of something and and you're not really choosing between there's not really it's like there's not an option to choose the relationship the way you originally wanted it that doesn't exist that option doesn't exist so what else do you want to do right I did want to say the idea of your mom or whoever being like well if you're committed to this choice it's going to change our relationship as is a funny way to spin it as opposed to like (laughs) your reaction your way of engaging with me is going to change our relationship Mm. like my choice isn't affecting any of my other relationships oh you mean
0: the other person's reaction
1: that's what i mean sorry 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 yeah their reaction you know the parent or whoever yes being like well this is going to change us it's like okay
0: you're choosing that
1: This choice I'm making, you know, it's not ruining my best friendship or my partnership or my relationship with my dad. Like, how are you sure? It's a false. It's a
0: false choice. It's a false narrative of like, yeah, you're choosing this thing. And that means it changes us. Like, okay, if that if this thing over here that is in my life changes over here, what our relationship is. That's because you're choosing for it to change. Not I'm ownership. this thing over here. That doesn't yeah. mean I'm choosing. <laughs> yeah. I think another thing that makes it really hard when it's with parents is that they're in a different generation. They don't always have the emotional like awareness and language, I think, to really like have these conversations in the same way that our generation, a, a, a highly therapied like For better or worse, more able to express and talk about our emotions, generation is able to show up, and so I have to extend grace as well. You know, like I try to, I try to really understand that. Sure, but yeah, it just there's so many factors that make it really hard when it's a parent, and I do think and hope, and so far am like being able to, you know, still have those relationships and still show love to my parents and. Um, also not kind of like appease just because I want them to, to like me, (laughs) you know, um, and they do and they like me and they love me and whatever, but like on certain topics we really see things differently and I'm choosing to be done with that like back and forth and yeah, there's so many reasons why that's hard and also it's just the fucking best thing for everyone. So I see you if you're dealing with that. And, um, yeah, I don't know. There's not more I feel like I can say about it right now, but I think we're doing the right thing.
1: <laughs> that's a big one, Jess. That's a fucking huge one. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's like a big tectonic shift in your world. One thing that has kind of motivated me a little bit in the relationship I shared about, it feels like, and and I think this will help. I think, I hope this helps people. Um, in the relationship I shared about, It feels like the only option at this point is to let myself be more removed from this person's life. Mm -hmm. To let there be space. Maybe it's temporary. I really don't want it to be long term, but I don't feel like it's all up to me. But being together does not feel nice. It's not. It's nasty. It's difficult. It's not progressing. The communication doesn't seem to have helped. I feel like I'm running out of options other than to let there be more space. And that's really hard for me to do because... I don't want this person to have to feel the lack of me like I don't Mm -hmm. want that not that I'm so fucking great but like they do love me and they want to keep me Mm -hmm. actually are kind of possessive of me and I don't want to subject them to losing a a bit of a relationship like that makes me so sad for them Uh, because I know it will make them sad and I know it will be painful and so part of it is like I'm working so, so hard to make sure that this person doesn't have to feel pain. Yes. Working so hard to make sure that this person doesn't have to feel consequences for their behavior. And my therapist would say like, I'd never heard codependence defined this way. I've always known I struggle with codependent dynamics. But she was like, codependence is working really, 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 really hard to ensure somebody never has to feel pain. Yep. I do that in so many relationships, definitely in this one. And she also added that, you know, usually the only time people make a change, if they're capable of a change, a big one, a hard one, they usually only do it kicking and screaming interesting they don't usually do it because you because you had a chill conversation because it's like fun and like oh yeah we'll just do this
0: now great
1: or (laughs) because they were enlightened or because you communicated they usually do it kicking and fucking screaming myself included that's when we all make giant changes it's like you have hit the wall enough times that you are
0: forced to change this thing that's really hard for you to change
1: it doesn't mean people will but when that does happen that's basically
0: that was like such an unlock when I'll never forget being in my therapist's office like six years ago in DC six seven years ago and talking about a di- a different situation with my mom but kind of like thematically related talking to my therapist about how like well if I did that I would upset her or like if I did yeah. that she would react in this way and I don't want her to feel that way And and I know that people debate this but I really believe in it at its core it doesn't Warrant being a bad mean person, which I think everybody knows i'm not but like You don't make someone feel how they feel. You're not responsible for other people's feelings. They feel what they feel And they're that's allowed and it might be a reaction to you But it's not like I put that in them mm-hmm. and i'm responsible Or i'm responsible to keep it from them and I think many of us grow up feeling Whether it's, like, directly something we are taught or told or something that we just absorb through little signals, but feeling like we're responsible for our parents and maybe even moms and daughters, I think, specifically have this dynamic of, like, we're responsible for for how they feel. Yeah, to make sure they never feel upset. Yeah. And not wanting to upset them, not wanting, like, you grow up like, oh, I did something bad and my parents are upset and I'm in trouble now. like. Yeah, so breaking that and just realizing like, oh, I'm not responsible if she's upset by this thing, but it's something I did. I don't it's like a weird thing because you're like, but it's something I say and then she gets upset. So how is that not on me? I get how the the language
1: of that feels tricky. Yeah, like you can't make someone feel some way. I think what hit me more, I think at one point a therapist was like, it's funny how you handle all kinds of pain And being upset And stress And whatever But you act like Nobody else can handle that yes. You're acting like Nobody It's like It's not that You know Maybe I will say something That makes you upset Or wh- however you want to define that But like The idea that Nobody else can handle Being upset Or right. like Nobody else can handle Not getting what they want I handle not getting What I want All the fucking time And this Yeah That's I think that's the Codependent attitude It's like Nobody other than me Mm-hmm. Can handle feeling pain Fucking yeah they can And they're doing it all day long Everybody is ha- having experienced that in their life But then I'm out here acting like nobody else can fucking hang Right like yes, you, they think, can. you really
0: think you're so much smarter than everybody Like there's a yeah. similar There's a similar um, yeah. Well there's a similar thing that I was told once Or I maybe I heard it on a podcast Of like I go through these spirals That I talked about last week Of being like oh, maybe I'm not funny Maybe I don't like help anyone or make anyone laugh and a response to that that I find effective is like you really think that like you've just been fooling everybody for this long you really think you're smarter than everyone else (laughs) that you've like tricked them into liking you and thinking you're funny and thinking that you're a good person to have in their life and then like that's all been a lie like that's kind of a weird way to flip imposter syndrome on its head is like you yeah that's funny that's actually means that you think that you're better than everyone because you've been tricking them this whole time (laughs) like who the fuck do you think you are and i don't know yeah that's a good i I love love, you know
1: like defeating you you defeating imposter syndrome by saying who the fuck do you think you are (laughs) yeah
0: Really it never stops. Imposter syndrome is a little bit of narcissism An in the weird trip. way. Yeah, it's yeah.
1: all narcissism. Yeah, Every minute,
0: all <laughs> yeah. Um, wow, okay. feels so good to be healed out here. I know. Uh, my brain is kind of like there's a lot of synapses firing right now. You know what I mean? A lot of a lot of synapses dying too. True, 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 true. <laughs> but at least we're using the scientific terms. That's true. Can I tell you a really little quick thing yes please let it be stupid please tell me something stupid it's maybe not stupid enough but it depends on what your opinion is of this so
1: okay okay
0: i on thursday night i went and met a friend from my gym at this like neighborhood bar and they had a tarot reader there and it was really not busy and the tarot reader Seemed free and whatever like nobody was really in the space for some reason and so because of that it made it like more approachable to potentially go get my tarot read and I've never done that before and I don't really know how I feel about it and it kind of makes me nervous in a weird way like what if they tell me that I'm gonna die tomorrow or something Um, Yeah, but but I that's also because I have a lack of understanding of like what exactly it is anyway so (laughs) i like recognize that i don't know there's like people get really like fucking touchy when it's that's funny about like psychic stuff and like touchy if you misunderstand it or something well just everybody has a different interpretation of like how seriously to take it and
1: sounds like a personal fucking opinion y'all sounds like a personal fucking opinion they're strong
0: opinions anyway this because he was free literally because there was no line I think that's the only reason that I decided to do it and I yeah. sat down and got my tarot read. <laughs> and this guy was really sweet and um he was like okay maybe like have a question in the back of your mind while I pull these cards for you don't tell me what it is but just hold it in the back of your mind and hopefully what I pull will like resonate for that and so the question I decided to Put in my mind was kind of like, am I on the right path? And specifically when it comes to the podcast and, you know, this type of work, like, am I heading where I want to be heading with it? Ugh, I could answer that for you. But I no. mean, and I kind of was like, <laughs> I'm choosing this as opposed to other topics in my life. No, I know. This is an easy yes. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. okay. Um, no, but I was like, whatever. This is like a good thing that I feel like if he says, something that i don't want to hear i'm not going to be heartbroken the way that i would with like a relationship or something
1: basically if he says something i don't want to hear then i don't believe in psychics and this was just like a funny yeah. thing i did yeah yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> this is the easy thing to throw out there because it's working but literally what happened okay so, oh my god oh my god they pull three cards oh my god oh my god i'm so scared what happened it's like past present and future cards that he pulls okay okay The past one was something about, like, continuing to do something over and over and, like, hitting, like, running into a wall every time and getting really exhausted and, like, not knowing the way out and almost, like, avoiding the way out for a long time. Cool. So I'm like, yeah, that – I can apply that to lots of different things. Ship it. The middle one, he goes, but now you have taken that leap and you're doing something you've always wanted to do and – it seems like maybe it opens you up to, like, other people's opinions a lot. Oh, but the comment section. Right. And I'm just like, wow. <laughs> I'm literally, like, amazed at every word he's saying. And then he goes, but, you know, you're not going to be for everyone. And so. You- Shut the front door. I, Shut the front door. <laughs> I wish I was recording it. I am not lying. Bible, as the Kardashians would say, I swear on my unborn child that I'll never have did you guys kiss <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and then he did the last one and whatever it was something else but like it was something else Ah, yeah you stopped listening I, after like, that, blacked out after listening. that. <laughs> and then at the end I was like that was amazing you will not believe what you just did and I got to tell him like I started a podcast a year ago and I've always wanted to do it and it's actually like growing and the name of it is not for everyone and you said those words in a sentence and he lost his mind he said he was like newer to this and that was so like affirming and exciting for him and it was really cute and um i believe in everything now tarot psychic (laughs) the moon which i already believed in the moon i never believed there was a moon before i've believed it
1: this whole time. So, well, you're a woman of faith. Catch up. Yeah. <laughs> catch up. Okay. Isn't I have to tell cool? you something. That's the coolest thing I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. That's the coolest thing I've ever heard. I feel really good about that. Thank you so much. And happy what? for that guy. I
0: know. <laughs> That's how I felt. I was like, I made his
1: day. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that I gave this to you. That would be a cool thing to do as like an act of beauty to the world is to just like go see psychics and whatever they say, make them feel really good about it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's actually
1: brilliant my dad once told me um first of all how rare to see a male psychic
0: I feel like I've only ever seen women women psychics oh, maybe or or whatever I, I would venture to say he was probably gay and like he was just very that still makes him a man flamboyant. I don't know how
1: to break this to you
0: but he's still, <laughs> still a man but you know what I mean like he was just a cute I know, he was I know. like if I yeah, said yeah. like, "Oh my god, thanks girl." Totally. He would have been down for me to. Say he that he to
1: wasn't him. he wasn't
0: in like <laughs> hell's
1: angels doing like a tarot reading. That sounds <laughs> fucking fun to me though. But what recently my funniest story was a psychic. I I had like a um a dad date. I went out like to Got lunch with my dad and I don't know how we we're talking about it we, t- we walked by some psychic place and I was like, ooh, do you ever go and do like psychic readings? I think they're fun to do And he was like, yeah, actually one time in like my 20s I went and I saw this woman and she told me that I was going to have um, A serious accident and die at middle age and I was like, lol, that's like huh? not, that's like a, that's a bold statement for them to say it, like a $10, you know, palm reading. I was like, did you, did it ever like mess with you or anything? Just thinking like, ha ha ha, like you brush it off if whatever you don't like it, like right. half the time. I've gone to some that are great. I've gone to some that were such scams. That's too and specific. I was like, ha. ha. I was just so specific. I almost respect it. And I was like, did you ever, like, think about it? Did it ever bother you? And he was like, every single day of my life. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> was he being, like, was he being funny in the way your dad is kind of deadpan sometimes? No. He was, no, like, really no. troubled by it.
1: No. Yeah, he was just really troubled by it. I was like, oh, well, you made it. Past, so I guess we can
0: talk about it. Now. Well, I guess that's the dip not to say this is gonna happen to your good dad Shit, fucking Jess. knocking on wood, but like what is midlife really? Okay, okay. Well, midlife I would
1: assume is halfway through your life, and so if he dies now, that will be the end of his life. So Well exactly.
0: So midlife would have been when he was thirty.
1: Or middle age, I guess.
0: Has and he had no idea it was midlife until do you know what i mean people always talk about midlife know i know, I know crises, what you mean and i'm like you don't know it what it depends midlife how is. long you live okay jess this
1: is for another time i gotta tell you something i okay. have to go to the bathroom so bad i have to leave i don't have time to figure out what age
0: we are okay that's fine i have to go get my table at the raven's bar um okay send us home baby
1: wow this has been not for everyone we're psychics and we're scientists (laughs) uh you can find us on instagram not for everyone pod but the number four jessica is on instagram at jay-z to bake oh my god i called you jessica yeah it was sweet i accept i'm on youtube at caroline winkler we're both uh, broken people but we're working (laughs) on it and we will never stop referencing our therapists and that's something you just have to fucking
0: accept this podcast is really just our therapists talking through us yes like psychics yeah. do i love
1: my therapist but honestly i think i'm funnier than her so that's why i'm gonna keep
0: doing this yeah i mean that's the reason i keep going to therapy is to make her laugh
1: yeah i've started um writing my therapy sessions as a write-off i'm like this is material that this is, it's a tax that, ra- it's a business genius. write-off for me i don't think it's legal but you know whatever all okay. i'll try okay see you
0: later bitch okay. <laughs> bye <laughs> <laughs> oh i thought you were going into a story no um <laughs> <laughs> no. awkward silence <laughs>